We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Longest game in the World Series history. Blum hits it into right down the line. It is gone. Jeff Blum, the former Astro, goes deep. And here in the 14th inning, the White Sox take a 6-5 lead. Oh, what a cool memory that is, White Sox fans. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670 score. I'm David Hall with Bruce Levine, and it's time now to go out to our guest hotline brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And we bring in the World Series hero of 2005, one of the main heroes, and a great broadcaster for the Houston Astros. Our buddy uh, Jeff Blum, nice enough to uh, pick up the phone on a Saturday morning to join us. Jeff, do you ever get tired of hearing that uh, highlight ever in your entire life, or is it on? Is it on your phone? <laughs> it's good to be on with you guys, and it is always good to hear that highlight. Uh, I do not have it on my phone, but uh, you know, it, it, it's always on recall in my brain if I need it. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was it was such a, a great moment, and it shows you, uh, you know, digressing for a moment here, Jeff. And again, Dave and I are really pleased to have you on today. Um, it shows you how important uh, late season moves are, and, and how the projection of a general manager as to the construction of their roster late in the year can evolve into a situation like yours, and how that occurred, because uh, you know. Uh, they knew your worth, they knew what you could do, and they knew your versatility, and they were certainly not taking it off of the sample size of what you brought to the White Sox in your 22 at-bats with them, right? Yeah, no, it was, you know, it was a combination of a couple things. You know, Kenny Williams did a good job of, of figuring out what that ball club needed because obviously he put together a great team because when I was traded at that time, they were up 15 games in the American League Central, but it was also a combination of of Ozzie Guillen and his knowledge. Uh, I played against Ozzie, you know, when I first broke in, and then Ozzie was my third base coach when I was with uh, the Montreal Expos. So we had history before I even showed up in uh, in Chicago, and I think it was a combination of Kenny realizing what they needed, and Ozzie had a good handle on you know the person that I was. And probably one of the greatest compliments I've ever been paid as a baseball player is when Ozzie mentioned the fact that, you know, he knew I wasn't going to screw up his clubhouse on a season that was going so special for him. That's great. And <laughs> that obviously great. Yeah. you fit in as, as well as anybody uh, could, Jeff, and, and that was a, a terrific special season. And this one feels like 
it has the same sort of uh, components for the White Sox, and they head into the ALDS against the Astros. It's going to be a rematch of that 2005 World Series. A lot of people will be reminiscing. When you look at the Astros and this season, Dusty Baker will be another person who, who elicits some memories of people in Chicago. He just won his a division title with his fifth different club. That w- made history, first manager in Major League history to do that. And Dusty said it was the hardest but greatest year ever for him when the Astros clinched. What made it so difficult yet so satisfying? Um, I, You know what? It was probably a combination of just, you know, things that were going on maybe behind the scenes that we don't really know because, you know, you guys know as well as I do. You know, when the team went winning is basically the cure of all evil. And the way this team was going out there and winning ball games, and the way that they were going out and playing through adversity, you know, this is the first full season that Dusty had with this ball club. So he has 162, almost 162 games under his belt. And this is the first full season that they had with fans. So Dusty knew the situation he was coming into with the Astros and the controversy of 2017. But in 2020, it was just an odd year all the way around, playing in front of no fans and trying to understand the roster in a quick 60-game season. Now he has a full season, and they go on the road. So he actually had a chance to manage in some tough situations on the road where the fans were against them 100%. And, you know, trying to get these guys through fatigue of August and through the dog days and, and trying to understand personnel and, and put this roster together. So I think that. You know, the idea of it being a tough year might have been a combination of several different things, but uh, ultimately at the end, he, he got these guys to play well. He got them to understand how to go out there and win, and it's a credit to Dusty that he's taken his fifth team to a division title. It's really kind of remarkable to think about that. Jeff Blum joining us on Inside the Clubhouse for a few more minutes. Jeff, of course, the TV analyst for Houston Astro Baseball and has been doing it for a long time now. Jeff, when you when you look at the Houston Astros from the outside looking in, as we do, tell us the strengths of this team. We we know it has it has really great hitting and it has it has really good defense. But tell us a little bit about the pitching staff and how they get that done. Because if you look at, at just innings pitched by starters and the bullpen, you you can't really get a a, a good feel for what the Houston Astros are. Yeah, and it's it's been a lot of work with Dusty and a lot of work by Brent Strom, a pitching coach, to to put this thing together because a lot of the guys that they relied on last season uh, aren't on this roster, to be honest with you. You know, the starting rotation has been very good because it kind of had some surprises pick them up throughout the course of the season. When the Astros broke camp, Fromber Valdez was on the injured list with a broken finger, and they they anticipated him not coming back this season at all. So they signed uh, Jake Odorizzi to a two-year deal and anticipated him filling that spot. But uh, Framber Valdez got a second opinion, healed up a lot quicker than they thought. He was able to get back into the rotation. So that gave you Zach Granke, Lance McCullers, Framber Valdez. And then there were some question marks around Luis Garcia and uh, Christian Javier and Jose Urquidy, three young guys that had been contributing in 2019 and 2020. And it turns out that Luis Garcia was the most consistent uh, young pitcher. He might actually get some rookie of the year uh, votes. And he helped solidify that rotation and give them plenty of starts and ate up a bunch of innings. Jose Urquidy had been battling injuries in that shoulder. 
but he's come back and looked very good in his last couple of starts coming into the postseason. And he pitched in the 2019 World Series and got a win on the road. So he has some postseason experience from a guy he probably wouldn't anticipate. But the question marks are really going to be Zach Greinke. Uh, he's been injured with the COVID uh, protocol issues that he's had, and his season hasn't gone the way he's wanted to. So there's uh, there's a possibility he might be pitching out of the bullpen. And it's really become Lance McCullers and Framber Valdez, the one-two punch for the Houston Astros. And it's what they do after that is kind of the question mark right now. And, you know, in a short series like that, you can get away with not having a full, you know, a full one through four rotation. So I think the anticipation might be, you know, Lance or Fromber in game one or two. And then, you know, the decision to maybe piggyback and use Luis Garcia or a combination of Luis Garcia, Jose Urquidy, and Christian Javier in that game three to see if they can get through that and then maybe bounce back to Lance McCullers in a game four if they need to get there. So it's kind of been a mix and match for uh, for for Dusty Baker, but the trades they made at the deadline definitely bolstered the back end of their bullpen, which is nice to see. How does Jake Odorizzi fit into the equation, Jeff? You mentioned him, and he, he came aboard, and he's had some some moments that uh, have, have created a little controversy. He he publicly criticized uh, Dusty for pulling him in the fifth in- after the fifth inning earlier this month, and that wasn't that long ago. Does that affect any of the confidence they might have in him? Um, you know what? I think that was actually a good thing for Jake, and I think it was a good thing for Dusty because there was a little bit of broken trust between those two guys, and Jake's a veteran. And he, he had worked hard enough to get deeper in some of the games that he had been pitching in, and Dusty just didn't leave him in. So I think it kind of opens up the opportunity where, you know, the, the Astros might, and you've got to remember, too, you've got a couple of guys in the front office, you know, James Click, the GM from Tampa Bay, where I think Jake Odorizzi might fill an opener-type role and give the Astros a good, strong, maybe appearance one time through the batting order before they go to another pitcher. But – uh it's going to be very interesting. You know, I think Jake Odorizzi kind of falls into that Zach Greinke role of what can we do with this guy because they're effective that one time through the order. That second time they may be effective, but there's still a question mark there, and they're lengthened out. They're not one-inning type guys, so you want to be able to find a situation where you can put them in and give them that strong maybe two, three-inning outing, and whether that be, you know, as a starter because they've been prepped and routined in the, as being a starter as opposed to getting ready and coming out of the bullpen, uh, that may be an opportunity maybe later in the series if they need those guys to maybe start a game and not necessarily be that traditional starter. When we look at the Houston Astro offense, Jeff, um, who are the guys that make it happen? I mean, everybody knows Altuve, but uh, is it Gurriel? Is it Brantley? Who's who's the go-to guy to, to get the juice going in the offense? <laughs> this is a, this is a tough question because one, their one through seven might be the best in baseball, and a lot of it relies on Jose Altuve, who filled the role of George Springer at the top of the lineup. You know, he said a you know he tied a season high in uh, home runs in a season with 31, and he's really been a guy. If you go and dig through the numbers and see what his numbers are in wins and compared to losses, the discrepancy is unbelievable. When he is when he is putting up big numbers, the Astros are putting up big numbers. So he's kind of that igniter at the top of the lineup. But the guy for me who's really kind of been the go-to and the consistency in really pushing the Astros since about May 2nd has been Kyle Tucker, amazingly enough, 
And he's a guy who in this lineup is probably going to end up hitting seventh in the lineup. And he's got 28 home runs, 88 RBIs, wow. and he's got a 900 OPS. But I, the reason I say that is because, you know, once, it, once a pitcher has kind of worked his way through one through six, trying to navigate and, and get through those guys, you're, you're, either, you're either giving up damage, you're either getting through it, or you're putting him on base. And a lot of times what's happened for Kyle Tucker is he's kind of been that last man on that lineup who's had the ability to drive in some of those guys that were getting pitched around and are left on base. So he's had the opportunity with a lot of traffic on base to go out there and do some damage. So if you're being careful you know, with those guys one through six, Kyle Tucker's been the guy to clean up that mess, and he's had a very good season. Joined by Jeff Blum here on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, Jeff, the Astros TV analyst, White Sox World Series hero from 2005. And, Jeff, outside of Chicago, what is the perception of the White Sox? Because you look at uh, the Astros beat them five out of seven times. In, inside the city here, the, the rhetoric has been all season long, the White Sox can't beat teams you know, 500 or better. or They struggle against those guys. But I think that – you know, going into the postseason, they have had a good final week. Tony Larusa has sharpened that edge the way that he, you know, was supposed to when coming here. What is your perception of the White Sox and the one thing you think the Astros uh, fear the most? Uh, I think offensively they're a great team. You know, defensively, you know, that may be a little bit of an issue. And I know that the Astros have good experience against Lance Lynn. So those are, you know, the the experience that they have against Lance Lynn. And understanding Dallas Keuchel probably hasn't had the, the greatest year for him uh, is adding into the equation where the Astros don't they don't necessarily feel comfortable, but they feel like they can compete. And I think that's probably a big hurdle when you get into the playoffs is understanding that you can compete against who you're playing against. And there's got to be a little bit of arrogance. And you know the Astros do carry that around the league, but they also have a healthy respect for what the White Sox have been able to do because. Even though they've beaten them five out of seven times, it hasn't exactly been you know blowouts every time. I know they had a couple of good games against Lance Lynn, but it's been a struggle. Uh, they've seen flashes of brilliance. The understanding also is is you've got to get to the starting pitching of the Chicago White Sox because the bullpen is absolutely locked down, lights out. Um, so they also know, and I think the anticipation, and I think the idea is to at least win one more game so that the Astros can control home field advantage, and that. That's one of the things that jumped out to me is that how well the Chicago White Sox play on the south side. I think that's something that we really enjoyed when we were playing in 2005 is playing in front of those home fans, you know, dressed in that, that black and having that, uh, that enthusiasm and that, that vigor for that, you know, that old English-style White Sox on our chest. And the Astros understand that and they want to have their own home field advantage because the White Sox are so good. And having them being sub-500 on the road is is something that they do pay attention to because they want to have a tough environment when the White Sox come to Minute Maid Park. So I think getting home field advantage would really help out the Astros in the sense that it would put things on their turf as opposed to being on the south side where things can be a little tough for opposing teams. Jeff, uh, one baseball question outside of the Houston White Sox matchup. Where are the Jeff Blums of the world coming from for baseball. And, and I mean that in only the most positive sense of a guy that can, can hit from both sides, play multiple positions well, be considered a, uh, a winner and a team player. Where do you find these players now that can have a 12- or 13-year um, 
careers like you and and how do we get how do we get back to uh to baseball players rather than launch angle guys who have maybe <laughs> one one area of the game covered um i think you you may find them in jurassic park because they've gone by the wayside <laughs> Uh, you know, with the way that uh, the CBA is, is is structured right now and the way that salaries are structured right now, you know, the major league minimum has kind of pushed guys in that, you know, in, in of my era and of my, my skill set kind of out of the situation just because we're, you know, you're in that, you know, it's changed. So if you're a, if you're a $2 million to $4 million type player, you know, they can find or they think they can find that same guy who's making, you know, the major league minimum and, and have service time that's controllable. So, you know, I don't know if that guy is out there or if he'll come back. I think a lot of things have to change as far as the contracts are concerned. But I think to your point and what I feel too, is that those guys are actually kind of valuable. The Astros are lucky because they have a guy in a Diaz who's kind of been that utility guy and proven his worth when Alex Bregman has been on the injured list and been able to move around the ballpark and give guys days off. He doesn't switch hit, but he's still a very, you know, he puts together some great at-bats. So I don't know if anybody nurtures those guys anymore. You know, I know that the the athlete is, is coveted in Major League Baseball, but at the same time, you know, developing a guy who can be consistent, put together good at-bats, be a threat off the bench, and right. provide, you know, a stability inside the clubhouse. I don't know if uh, they can quantify that, and that kind of frustrates the analytic guys. But at the same time, I think you're missing out on some golden opportunities to give some really good athletes and, you know, good guys an opportunity in the big leagues. But I think some of the track structure has kind of forced those guys out of the game. Well, winning Jeff, winning before... a ball game. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, David. Winning a ball game with a bunt or hitting to the opposite field uh, is something – that people like yourself and, and people who had your skill set did, and you, you watch games uh, go to the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning, you, you, they can't get it done. So that frustra- frustrates me as a baseball fan. Go ahead, David. I'm sorry. No, Jeff, before we let you go, we had to get your impression on the rest of the American League playoff field because it, is, it remains up in the air in the final weekend, which is great for Major League Baseball. But the Astros being kind of uh, the veterans here, the, 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 hard to believe. Six straight playoff appearances, uh, four straight uh, ALCSs. So you would be the authority and, and somebody who could speak to who you want in the field and who you don't want in the field. Any team out there you hope doesn't make it because it will make it easier for the Astros? And how would you describe what's going on with four teams vying for those last two spots? Well, I, I know for a fact that Major League Baseball has to absolutely be loving the fact that there are four teams vying for that uh, wild card position uh, just because it brings so many different fan bases into the situation. It brings a lot of eyes towards the game, and it creates that parity that they're always looking for. But at the same time, you know, I, I think that the Astros do have a little bit of an advantage because of what you said about them having experience in the, in the playoffs, and if they do get home field advantage in that first round, it benefits them. You know, the, the wild card could be – a team like the Chicago White Sox, where if their starting pitching does what it was doing in the first half of the season in combination with the back end of their bullpen, it could be wipeout because you play these tight ball games, and I think the teams that have the ability to close out games really gain the advantage because it takes some of the pressure off the offense to go out there. So, you know, late inning pitching and good defense, I think, help win championships. 
the Tampa Bay Rays just watching them and calling their games frustrates the heck out of me because you don't know who's coming in, when they're coming in, what they've got. They change arm angles. They change speeds. They play great defense, and they get timely hitting. So they're, they're a frustrating and tough team to match up against. Uh, so if they got knocked out, I would appreciate that because it's a little bit easier to game plan for a team like the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees or even the Seattle Mariners. You know, the Toronto Blue Jays scare the heck out of me because they're a team, even though their pitching may not match up or be as good as what you're anticipating. I know that Robbie Ray and Barrios are very good pitchers, but at the same time, you know, if their offense catches fire, good Lord, they could put up eight runs in a heartbeat, and all of a sudden you're finding yourself trying to fight back against a team like that in the playoffs, and it could be very tough. So I think the wild card for me literally is is the Toronto Blue Jays because – their offense is so young and so dynamic that they could really frustrate the heck out of you and maybe surprise you in a quick big inning and put you behind and make you fight back from behind, which is very tough to do in the playoffs. My friend, uh, thank you for joining us. It's going to be uh, fun to watch this series. And, uh, you know, it's going to be sponsored by Prevagen, you know, with, uh, with Dusty and uh, Tony La Russa at the helm. <laughs> it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. There's still two great managers regardless of their age and, um, there's a, a tremendous feistiness between the two guys as well that we've seen before, and that might be a little bit of a sidebar. But nonetheless, David and I appreciate you coming on, and uh, thanks again. Look forward to uh, this matchup coming up here. Thanks, Jeff. No, I appreciate it. I look forward to the matchup too, just in the sense that it's going to be fun, it's going to be good, but it also brings up great memories of 05. Jeff yeah, Blum, absolutely. Astros TV analyst and White Sox World Series hero, from 2005 that was fun bruce and we will keep the fun going with another former white Sox infielder gordon beckham joins us next chicago sports radio 670 the score one ball two strikes the one two a swing and a looping line drive right field base hit nice going gordon home Przinski Sox now lead seven to three welcome back inside the clubhouse chicago sports radio 670 the score i'm david haw with bruce levine until 11 o'clock that was an oldie but a goodie highlight from the Gordon Beckham White Sox tenure, white, former White Sox infielder, now NBC Sports Chicago analyst for the White Sox. And he joins us on the Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas hotline, home of the world's largest sports book. Good morning, Gordon. How are you? I'm great, guys. How are you doing? Doing well. Doing well. It's that time of year. Happy Soxtober because the playoffs are now days away, Gordon. And I know that you know this team very well from having uh, done many of their games throughout this special season. Just want to know, let's start with this. Last year, the last week of 2020, the White Sox had a letdown, and they went into the playoffs, and it reflected that. This year, they're playing much better. They're now on a five-game winning streak. The intensity has been high. How much do you think that will carry over into the playoffs? I think it's going to definitely carry over. I mean, I, I, I've kind of thought for a while that this team was different, and I know a lot of people were, especially when I was calling some games at the beginning of September, um, a lot of people were like, well, they're not playing well, and, you know, this, they're, they're doomed. And I, I kept telling people, I'm like, it's, it really does not matter what they're doing right now. I know people want, you know, a good product on the field, but they've known that they were going to win this division since at least July. Um, and so it was one of those things where I was just kind of telling – 
uh, telling everybody that I talk to, y'all just got to – the only thing that matters is kind of the last, like, week of the season, so to speak. I mean, and that really honestly doesn't even matter in a way because they're going to have at least three days off, depending on what happens with this wild card race, um, you know, with the four teams that are in it, they might have more time off. So, you know, it's it's a big stop and start type of thing. I went to the playoffs with the Angels in 14. We play, we had four days off, and next thing you know, we got swept out of the playoffs. So they are trending in the right direction. Obviously, you'd rather see them playing well going into October than you would have them scuffle. But I don't think it, it matters a ton. I like the fact that they're starting to get hot at the right time um, because at the beginning of September, they didn't look great. Um, it didn't matter. Um, in my mind, but now that they're starting to move in the right direction, um, I'm excited. I, I mean, I, you know, there's still an outside chance, I believe, that they can get uh, home field advantage in that series versus the Astros. So a lot of good things going on for, for the White Sox, and, and it's going to be fun to watch. Gordon, first let me tell you that David and I are intimidated by the fact that you're a, a multimedia guy now and that you might be taking our jobs at some point. So. <laughs> Uh, oh, no, I stay I, away, I, stay I, away I, from the radio, no way. Man, would you? All right. No, I'm, and second oh, of all, I want to tell you, way, Bruce, Bruce, were you singing uh, that jingle? Was that you that was singing the jingle when I was getting piped in? Yeah. So so the history of that is that uh, Jeff Vukovic has been advertising on my shows in Nationwide Insurance for the last 30 years. And I've been singing that jingle on the score in his ads since uh, 2013, when I joined the score uh, after getting fired from ESPN. So from from all of that, Gordon, uh, Jason and uh, Stoney and Stacy King, they they all stole that bit from me. Okay. Okay. And, and now perfect. that it, I'm just making now that sure. it, well, I, I just needed to give, give you the background on the on the Jeff Vukovic stuff. So you've got uh, a beautiful Vukovic, voice, Bruce. Uh, well, th- thanks for lying, Gordon. Uh, Gordon, getting back to the Chicago White Sox, when you look at the situation for the starting pitching, and I think that's on everybody's mind right now, what would Gordon Beckham's rotation be one through four right now going into the playoffs? Jeez, wow, you're putting me on the spot here, huh? Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I think uh, – I, I I think that what you've got to – I mean, you obviously with Rodon, with the way he's kind of uh, gone towards the end of the season, you can't really trust that. So my mind is this. you got uh, Lynn, obviously, number one, Giolito, two. I think you throw Cease, three, and then you do a, um, you know, some sort of mix and match between, uh, let's say, Reynaldo Lopez, um Kopech and then throw in Keuchel. I, I think that you mix Keuchel with one of those two because they're going to set a lineup based on the guy that's starting, and then all of a sudden they go two or three, and then you can throw Keuchel in there. You know, everybody can say what he wants. He hadn't had a great year. Okay, fine. So what? It only matters in the postseason. You know, it really – I mean, whatever he's done, it just matters uh, in the postseason. He's been there and done that. He's won – Won a lot of games right. in the in the postseason, and and I think that that that's my number, that's my four is is, is Lance, Giolito, and Cease. I mean, Cease has got wipeout stuff. I mean, that's what people probably understand at this point. But like he's he's a special special guy. I mean, he's kind of coming into his own. He's got guys around him that are kind of pouring into him. Um, he's he's going to be a guy to watch for the next few years. See what he does. 
Talking with Gordon Beckham, the former White Sox infielder, now analyst for NBC Sports Chicago. And, Gordon, we just got done talking to Jeff Blum, who obviously has a place forever in White Sox history, that niche that uh, he carved in 2005 at the World Series. And every playoff series and every, every playoff team has one of those guys. I don't necessarily want to ask you who's going to be the White Sox World Series hero, but, you know, the X Factor, the guy who we, we may not be talking about who will step forward with a meaningful contribution in October, maybe a little bit overlooked, maybe a little bit underrated, but who, who might that person be in your mind for the White Sox? I feel like for the White Sox, it could, it could be anybody. I mean, like, they've done it all year. They've shown up. I mean, Brian Goodwin's had big hits. Sheets has had big hits. Uh, Leori Garcia's had a great year. Um, so I, I, I'm not going to narrow it down to one person. Literally, this team is made up of uh, – they got to where they're at because of guys like that, because of guys stepping up when they have these major injuries that everybody was like, oh, here we go again. We're going to – the season is going to be derailed, and they just kept coming, and they kept showing up, and guys kept getting big hits, and that's what has to happen if you want to be a good team. So um, I like – I want to say Leori Garcia. I mean, he's been kind of under the radar with all the guys you got in that lineup, and um, he's he's kind of a guy that's been the glue guy. He's been around for the he's longest tenured White Sox. Um, you know, I think that it would be great to see him go out and have a great, um, great postseason, and maybe I'm just biased because he's – playing a, a role that I've finished my career in in terms of the u- utility. And uh, you, you like to see guys like that uh, do well because it's not easy to play a lot of positions, and he does a lot well, and he's had a great season. We're joined by Gordon Beckham, uh, a guy who, when he was drafted uh, by the Chicago White Sox in the first round back in the day, was it 2008, uh, Gordon? Yeah. And- yes. 2008. Uh, told Kenny Williams uh, in his first conversation. What did you tell Gordon? What did you tell Kenny Williams uh, in the oh, first conversation? I don't remember that far back, Bruce. I don't remember that far back. <laughs> he, Gordon no, and I have been I, uh, good friends for a long time, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna even say what it was. But I mean, it, the, the the idea, Gordon, that um, uh, the Chicago White Sox are peaking at this moment. What what is what does that say to you? And 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 how much credit does uh, does Larusa and the trainers and the medical staff for the White Sox get for uh, this team seemingly, uh, you know, taking off again on, on another spurt? I, I think that uh, you know, credit, there's a lot of credit to be given around. I mean, you know, the credit uh, to keeping guys on the field that were not technically supposed to be on there, like you know, the good ones of the world and uh, Sheets. Uh, there's just so many people that have stepped up. So. I mean, I think that it was easier for the White Sox to be able to plan for this, seeing that they had that kind of lead in the division. You know, if if they hadn't had that kind of comfortable lead, you might have seen some different decisions because there's there's more on the line and you have to get back in there. But LaRusso's done a great job. I mean, that's why Terry and the front office brought him back uh, to be in a White Sox uniform is because he's been there. They know if, uh, you know, in the most important moments, Generally speaking, he's not going to throw out somebody that shouldn't be out there in that moment. I, he's 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 going to have a good feel, a good pulse for the game, and he's not going to be able, he's not going to throw somebody out there in a situation that they're not prepared for. And I, I I really believe that, and I think there's so many good things that have happened there. You know, the White Sox have planned to do this, what they're doing for about three years, and it's kind of come to fruition. And, They've got the guys around to do what they need to do. And the only thing that really matters to me in this playoff is 
I think if T.A. shows up, they're going to have a great playoffs. You know, I mean, he can't carry the team, and obviously, you know, there's some bigger bats behind them. But he's just kind of the guy that when he goes, they go. And so I, I just really like to see him just really show up and show out to the country because, you know, I think he's a little underrated, honestly, for for the country, and he really shouldn't be. I mean, people should know this guy. Um, I know he's he's out there. People know him now, but. I mean, what he did and the moments he has are just different than other guys. Uh, he's just a special player. Before we let you go, Gordon, overall, when you look at the Astros pitching staff, it maybe they have had some injuries. Granke comes in a little bit banged up. They have some mix and match uh, guys and, and their staff as well who play different roles. Overall, offensively, if you're the White Sox, is there a unifying theme, a, a, a message that applies to all the hitters one through nine in terms of the approach you take against Houston? Well, I mean, Houston's got some power runs, right? I mean, so, you know, I think you've just got to box these guys up. You've got to hope that the the, uh, the power arms are not on and that they're not able to locate that off-speed pitches on the edges. And if, they do, if they're not able to do that, then you can box them up right in the middle. It seems simple, but it's not. But all, I mean, you know, get him right, get these guys right in the middle of the plate and just, you know, unleash everything they've got on them. I, I, I've seen these White Sox hitters all year, like, have – you know, bad stretches, good stretches, and then, but, you know, I feel like they're just kind of a team, and it's not this, it's not easy to do, but I feel like they're just a team that is able to turn it on at the right time. I mean, I just, the pitching kind of carried them for a long time when they were banged up, and now you've seen some games, not all the time, but you've seen some games where they just show up and it's just like, whoa, like that happened really quick. And so their offense is explosive, and I think it's just, a, it's about going out there really just believing, you know, in their in what they have and just, just you know, just thinking they're the best. I mean, that's the only way to play the game is to think you're the best. And, um, they've, got a, they've got an offense to really, really show up and be scary. I mean, I look at a lot of the other offenses. I know there's some good offenses, but I just there's – some, there's something scary about the White Sox offense when those, like, top six or seven guys are in the lineup. I mean, it's it's very good. It's very potent. A lot of things can happen um, if you're an opposing pitcher. And when you have that many good hitters in a row, you're basically having to grind out every at-bat. I mean, you don't have a guy uh, like Gordon Beckham hitting in the 6-7 spot where it's an automatic out. You know, I mean, you, you can basically go in there and they have to grind through each at-bat. And when you're grinding through each at-bat, you know, like that puts stress on the pitcher, and generally they make mistakes when they when they have to stress that much. So we'll see what happens. Uh, let, let's be honest. You, your your career betting average is higher than the league average now. So uh, oh, in really? this era, well, it, in, this, in this era, you would you would be flourishing uh, even more. Yeah. I know, should have so, played later. You know, I, 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 I know. I'm quite the legend, like two thirty eight or something like that, two thirty seven. I think 240, but you know, you know what's All what's right. the number? You were a good ball player for a long time. Let's just say that. Uh, no, first of all, uh, give my best to my favorite Beckham, and that is uh, Brittany. Uh, after you get yeah. off the phone, and uh, also, also you're you you have been really good and really outstanding in your role uh, on NBC Sports Chicago as an analyst and doing games when Steve Stone isn't there. How how much longer would you like to pursue that? Um, I think people have really enjoyed watching you do it. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I, I've I've enjoyed it. I really have, and um, it's been it's fun for me to talk about the game. It was always easier for me to talk about the game and how to do it and how to 
how to approach it, especially to the younger guys when I got older. Um, it was always easier for me to do that than to actually do what I was talking about. You know, I mean, the game is hard. Talking about what you should do is easy. So it's kind of been a decent spot for me because I understand the X's and O's of the game. I enjoy talking baseball. I, I like to talk, uh, you know, when I'm calling the games, I almost want to call the games as if it's me and you and you were sitting or you know, the fan, and the fan was sitting next to me in the in the dugout, you know, when I was a utility player. So I can kind of give that kind of – humor uh, a little bit of the humor that i have and and also just the x's and o's of what guys are thinking and why they they do or don't make plays i mean there's just a lot of nuance to it um and so i enjoy the game of baseball talking about it it's difficult and i I still understand that um and i hope i never forget it because it's just such a hard game to play and so i have excuse me uh some of that empathy for the players you know I mean, you got to call it like you see it, but at the same time, you just got to understand this game's not easy, and it's 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 fun to relay the uh, you know I'm fresh out of the game, so it's fun to relay my my perspective on the game to the White Sox fans. All right, Gordon, toughest question quickly before we let you go: Georgia or Arkansas today? Ha! Come on now, dogs are, <laughs> dogs on top, dogs on right. top. I, I I don't know how by how much I'm hoping they uh, they squeak one out, but uh, I think it'll be a good game. I'm excited to see it. Great. Thank you for your time. Keep up the great work. Look forward to talking to you again soon. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Gordon Beckham, former White Sox infielder, NPC Sports Chicago analyst, and good friend of the show. We will continue White Sox talk. We look at the American League playoff field, the historic nature that that, that is taking uh, on this weekend. Bruce Levine, David Haw, inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. I think that Garrett Cole – is going to win the Cy Young. I think he's going to be the pitcher that they are paying him handsomely uh, to be. And I'm going off the books. I'm going rogue with my MVP uh, choice. And this is partly maybe optimist, but uh, you never know. You got It's always somebody that's going to surprise you. Shohei Otani. <laughs> Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, six seven. The score. Wow. David Hall, Bruce Levine. Boy, you Bruce, really, how did they? You really stepped out there, didn't you? How, how did Brandon find that clip from March 27th, <laughs> the second hour of our show? I, I don't know how he would have found that or remembered that. Um, how much did you pay him to, to go and dig through that file? I mean, Nicely played, Brandon Fryer. That was very well I mean, done. Uh, <laughs> how how was? How important is it for you to be right, David? I mean, no, not at all. That Bruce. was a, that was a wonderful that was a wonderful pick on your part. And it and it took it took a, a little foresight because it, it was a, you know it was coming off of a sixty game season he wasn't that player before and uh, to be able to step out and say you know this is the next Babe Ruth he's going to be the MVP uh, you know I give you a lot of credit for that all kidding fun. aside well some most kidding aside sure sure. Otani, 9-2, 3.18 ERA, 23 starts, 45 home runs. He could be the American League MVP, but his biggest competition, Vlad Guerrero Jr., plays for the Toronto Blue Jays, Bruce, and that is our kind of indirect segue of uh, revisiting yeah. our MVP choices. But to the four-way possible tie for the final two playoff spots in the AO wildcard situation, and look, it's possible – if the Yankees go 0-2, the Red Sox 1-1, the Mariners 2-0, and the Blue Jays 2-0, we will have a four-way tie for the final two playoff spots in the American League, which would be historic and chaotic and so much fun. 
Oh yeah, be fantastic. And and as uh, as uh, the the people who were on with us today, uh, you know, Jeff Blum and Gordon Beckham said, um, you know, having the the cities, all those cities involved uh, in this tense baseball uh, matchup, and not knowing who's going to win, is tremendous for Major League Baseball in uh, the, the you know week what what week are we week three of the nfl week four uh the idea that these these teams are uh, and these cities are actually concentrating on baseball is fantastic and and that's really what the wild card should be all about and david taking a step further baseball needs to expand after their next cba back to a format a format similar to what they did last year where you have more teams involved yeah, yeah, make it tougher for those teams. Uh, like uh, if you have a two out of three series for the wild card, make it tougher for them by all three games being at the, the team with the better records home. Uh, but have more teams involved and, and keep baseball in the limelight in September and, and October. That, that's the goal for, uh, should be the goal for uh, MLB owners and MLB players. I kind of like that idea, Bruce, but let me play the devil's advocate for a second here. You include more teams to get in as wild card teams, and you increase the randomness of something happening in that one True. game wild card, you know, winner take all. And you have a team like the Dodgers, for example, 104 victories. They could have it all mean nothing if they have a bad outing by Max Scherzer in that winner take all game going into the, the, the NLDS. Is that the right way to go for Major League Baseball? I love the excitement. I think you're exactly mm. right. It competes with the NFL in a meaningful way, so I yeah. kind of go both ways. Even though I probably lean yeah, toward don't what don't you be just a described. curmudgeon about it, David. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh, you know, you know get, Bruce, get with get with get with you, what's going on now, okay? You have the I memory mean, of uh, an elephant, <laughs> and the same looks. I think you know. Well, my no, nose but not, for, not quite yeah, as fill big. people in. I called you a curmudgeon on on Mullen Hall Friday morning. You will never forget that, and you will never forgive. No, no, I forgive. I okay, forgive. Thank forget you. is another matter. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Forgive, that's good. forgive it. For for forgive is easy. Forget, nah, that I never forget that. So, but in reality, um, I'm I'm the guy that's supposed to be screaming and yelling about going back to two teams making it from each league, and that's not it. The the sport. Look, I, I, I'm a realist. The sport needs to be able to survive. The best way for it to survive in these cities is more teams being involved in the playoffs. Uh, and I agree, 162 games are way, way, way too long. We need to get these seasons back to 140 games, 145 games, where the, the meaning is more that players are more rested. Uh, you don't need quite as many pitchers uh, in, in those type of series. You have Mondays and Thursdays off every week. Uh, these are... These are essential parts to the survival of the sport. So I, I'm all for baseball surviving as a major sport. And in order to do that, they have to address that time, the time of the game, which is ridiculous, and the fact that more teams need to be involved in your most important month of the year, which is September. And let's just reset before we close. For the first time in White Sox history, they will be involved in the playoffs for the second year in a row. Back-to-back playoff appearances. We will see before the next time we gather here for Inside the Clubhouse, Bruce, game one played at least for the White Sox and the what, Astros. What's your what prediction, do you David? 
I think the White Sox are going to be ready for this moment. I think it's going to be a tough challenge. I think that they will prevail in the ALDS. I like the way the White Sox are trending. I think they're scary and dangerous offensively. Their starting pitching will be enough, and their bullpen will rise to the occasion. I don't think it's a homer to say. I think the White Sox will be playing in the ALCS. I'm going to give you my best Mike North on this one. Uh, the White Sox in two, my friend, in two. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I, uh, I think the White Sox win this series in five games. I think it's going to be a, a classic series. I, I, you know, in a series, David, where you always expect pitching to dominate, I think offense is going to dominate in this series. I think, I think there's a possibility of big scores and a lot of memorable moments. I'm looking forward to it. When Jeff Blum said one through six, the Astros have the scariest lineup in, in baseball, I respectfully kind of stood up. Like, wait, wait, wait a second. Not so fast, my friend, to go all Lee Corso on you. You look at the I'm White Sox, you. and potentially, if they get hot at the right time, they have every reason to believe they could be just as scary and dangerous. So I'm with you, Bruce. This could be a very offensive series, and offensively a lot of runs being scored. Yeah, my division MVP is uh, Leori Garcia. Oh, when you're right, we're going to bring that one back. Uh, well, we might not be bringing it back. We have people to thank, David, including Gordon Beckham, White Sox analyst. Uh, certainly a great job by him, as well as Jeff Blum, who does the TV for Houston. Uh, Brandon Fryer did a wonderful job for us producing. People can find me on Twitter, MLB Bruce Levine. Also, I write White Sox and Cubs every day going into the playoffs on our website, 670thescore.com. Looking forward to a fantastic week, David. Great job, Bruce. Great job today and all week. We'll talk to you this week on Molly and Haw. Thanks, for everyone, for listening. Thank you, guests, for coming on, and thank you for being here to celebrate a great White Sox season looking ahead. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. This is Inside the Clubhouse. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.